Welcome everyone to this episode of Where Work Meets Life with me, Dr. Laura, and our very special guest today is Lise Stramsky. And our episode is on your career health check for 2022. I'm very excited about this episode because as the new year draws close and as we are hopefully coming to the end of the tail end of this pandemic, I I think looking at your career health is very, very important and taking the time to do a check on, on how you're doing and what your next steps may be. So I decided to bring on a career development practitioner who I have known for a number of years now Lise became a career development practitioner when she stumbled upon this career path of helping other people figure out their jobs and career paths. Back in 2004, she began this work and this very meaningful work of helping people figure out what job and career path will bring them passion. She has two boys, ages 12 and 8. She's been working for Calgary Career Counseling for the last couple of years as the career and job search strategist which means helping people figure out how to land that ideal job and how to navigate not only resume, interview, cover letter, but also LinkedIn, which is so important these days for our networking and our job search. So without further ado, I want to say hello and welcome to you, Lise. Thanks, Laura. I'm super excited to be here too, because it's a topic that's pretty close to my heart. We do a lot of proactive things for stuff in our life, but it seems like managing our career health kind of takes a backseat sometimes. Yeah, it sure does. And what I want to ask you, Lise, is I love the work that you do with clients around looking backwards to look forwards. So can you share more what that looks like? when you work with people. Sure. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a contradiction, doesn't it? As we, we think about career and, and decisions and moving forward, why, why would we look backwards? But that's really where the most meaningful information can come from to make those forward decisions. Sometimes a career, when it's examined in reverse, is, is where we can really understand it. And so when you're thinking about what's important to you, your values, your skills, your interests, are they aligned with what you're doing right now? And if they're not, what are you going to do about it? So no matter where somebody's at in their career, if they've lost their job, if they are really happy in their job, if they're unhappy in their work, it's always great to take some reflection and self-assessment and, and see how those things are aligned. So that's why we need to look backwards to understand ourselves to move forwards. You put that so well. And I, I think um, as we enter a new year, um, another year of the pandemic down, it is a really important time to, to look backwards and then to look and dream ahead. So speaking of the pandemic, It's been a challenging time for many of us. And with the loss of jobs, with businesses closing, or even with overwork as organizations are doing more with less and people are really exhausted and burnt out from being online and remote um, all the time. So what advice do you have for people preparing for these tough transitions and curveballs that they've been facing? I think the first piece of advice is change and transition is hard. It's hard and to acknowledge that it's hard and it's a process to go through it. And there's going to be ups and downs with that. When it comes to 
change, we know that change is constant. And so the advice I would give is to be a career activist, to be up on what skills are needed, to see what trends are going on, to be aligned with what's happening. Sometimes change, we make change ourselves. We, we are empowered to, to do that ourselves. That's our own decision. And sometimes it's foisted upon us. And the more we can be active with our career and proactive, the more we can be resilient and mitigate that change. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, it's, it's building up our reserve, building up our resources and our resiliency. So when these curveballs hit, we bounce back much easier and much faster. You know, I have a sister. She lost all her jobs. She worked in the service industry. So there's a huge change. What do you do? And she's also immunocompromised. So she had a lot of challenges. And what was born out of that was she started her own business. So not everybody can do that. But yeah, it's it's important to kind of see maybe the opportunities in it. Yeah, totally. And the chance to pivot. I mean, some of us, this has led to career pivots and at Calgary Career Counseling and Canada Career Counseling, clients coming in and saying, I've worked this career for a number of years. Now that this pandemic's hit, it's really made me take a step back and figure out what do I really want to be doing in life? Yeah. Because life is uncertain and I haven't been happy in this job or this career. And how can I do something that'll bring me greater satisfaction? Yes, totally agree. So Lise, and what I really admire about you is you know a lot about the labor market. And it is a complex labor market, given the economic challenges in certain areas, um, including Alberta, where we are. But also the pandemic, of course, has really you know shifted things in the labor market. So what do you think are the biggest gaps or blind spots that people have when it comes to managing their careers in this complex world? I think there's two things I would say that are, are gaps and blind spots. And that is recognizing that career is not just the work that you're paid to do. There's all sorts of roles that come into career. By giving that definition, there's so many different ways that we can gain skills that we can contribute to economic prosperity. So number one would be you can't be stagnant. And when people get stagnant and they don't see changes constant, they're not developing skills. So number one is really keeping on top of, hey, what are the skills of the future? How do I develop myself? I'll get, use myself as an example. AI, I have no desire to learn more about AI, but I know I need to because it's impacting the career development world. And so if I'm going to be an activist and, and erase that blind spot, I need to learn more about it. The other thing I would say is accessing allies. So a blind spot is really not just building a network, but maintaining the network you already have. So that if you lose your job tomorrow, there are 10 people you can call on and feel comfortable right away. So blind spots, knowing the skills you need to develop and doing something about it and maintaining kind of the relationships you already have. Yeah, and I notice people don't tend to nurture and maintain their network unless they need it, right? And yeah. Oh my goodness, I haven't talked to that person in years. And it's not the same response you're going to get as if you've kept up that network, right? 100%. And there's so much focus on build your network, build your network. Absolutely, that's important. But what about maintaining the network you already have? and making sure that those people are close and they are still allies and that you are an ally to them as well. 
So my next question for you, Lise, is how the month of December and the holiday season is very busy for many of us. How can career planning and building connections and building your network be incorporated into this busy time frame? It depends on the person and their comfort level. I mean, there are still people who don't want to socialize right now. And so what could they do? If you are looking to take advantage of the holiday season, I would say talk to everybody. Talk to everybody, to parents in the schoolyard, to the people at the dog park, to the clerk who is going through your groceries, the person behind you in line. They are not there to get you a job, but it's certainly something that helps to build the network. If you're going to holiday gatherings, maybe you're going to a, a concert at a church, turn to the person next to you and say, hey, how are you doing? What's What brings you here? Weddings like that. And that can apply to parties as well. The other thing I would say is really reflect on, you know, so what is it that I'm looking to get out of these relationships in, in talking to people? But they should be really casual conversations that you can reach out to at a later time. Exactly. And I think you never know who you're going to meet and where, right? You just never know who knows who. And I think if you can make those connections, it really can lead to really great things. And we call that serendipity, right? Or planned happenstance where you put yourself out there and wow, you happen to meet someone who knew about a position or was there for you when you needed another connection that led to your dream job. Oh, it's so true. And I mean, that's how I came to work with Calgary Career Counseling was my son went to preschool with one of the psychologist's sons. And then they ended up in the same class at elementary school. And then one day that psychologist came to me and said, hey, <laughs> could we talk because we need somebody with your skills. So you just never know when. And I love that planned happenstance. You never know when that happens. Exactly. What are the skills of the future in your mind that people need to be very aware of and ideally developing in certain cases? So research is done with a lot of employers to say, because they're the ones who are really kind of driving what the skills of the future are. And based on research done through different economic development organizations, one of them is you need to have the ability to learn and you need to manage your own learning. Another one is resiliency. And another is the ability to adjust and adapt. That's also a skill. And when it comes to technology, so every occupation will have different skills unique to that occupation. But in general, some of the top skills are you need to learn how to learn. You need to know how to learn and to drive your learning and to do it. Uh, resiliency, teamwork and communication are the, are the top skills of the future. Mm -hmm. And I think teamwork is on almost every single job posting. <laughs> and I think it's become a buzzword almost. But as organizational psychologists, we really look at, well, what does teamwork mean? And what, what does it involve? And really taking it a step further to say, you may think you're a team player, but what does a team player really do on a regular basis? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and being able to be a team player, not person anymore in a virtual environment that's a huge skill too it is it's a whole other area of competency and I, I really liked how you said learning learning how to learn and I think in the past and correct me if I'm wrong but formal education was the way you'd learn and then you would do a career after the formal education how has that shifted or changed these days 
there's so many ways to learn. It doesn't have to be formal education at a post-secondary or getting a degree or a certificate. It can be micro-skilling through certificates. LinkedIn Learning has the ability to learn. Um, On-the-job training is an, a way to learn. Volunteering is a way to learn. So our access to learning has grown exponentially, especially with the pandemic, being able to do things online and the offerings that are there. YouTube offers us ways to learn. Now you want to double check who's offering those, those types of learning, but it really is important to use what works best for your own learning style so you can access that learning. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I think it's led to so many options, but that can also be overwhelming to people because there's so many different avenues to learn and information overload coming at us. So how would you recommend to someone how they get focused and at least get started on learning and developing skills of the future? Oh, that's a good question. I think first and foremost to recognize what is the best way that that person learns. Do they learn by looking at a screen and sitting in a webinar? Do they learn by reading a book? Do they learn by sitting in a lecture? So what is their learning style? So that would be number one. And then to seek out the places that offer and meet that style. The second thing to find the best and the most authoritative is, you know, professional associations, they offer different opportunities to learn in different seminars. So whatever the occupation is or the aspired occupation, I would look at that professional association and see. So you're right, like keep it narrow. I know I love learning and I sign up for all these webinars and then I can't attend them and I think, oh, I'll look at them another time. And, and it is one of my traits that I want to grab all that information, <laughs> but to, to, to focus it and keep those newsletters streamlined to the ones that benefit you the most. Yes, exactly. You need to be somewhat choosy these days. My final question for you, and this is one I feel passionate about having kids. My kids are a little older than yours. My youngest is just around the age of your oldest. Okay. So my kids are, you know, almost 12 and then almost 14 and 16. So basically three teenagers. So what advice would you have for kids to build up their ability to navigate careers and jobs and stuff at a younger age when they're just getting their first jobs or they're trying to build their resumes or when do they go on LinkedIn, that sort of thing. What advice would you have for parents? I'll answer that with a really short story. My kids will often say, mommy, when I grow up, I'm going to be an astronaut. And I say, no, you're not. When you grow up, you are going to be Oscar and you might work as an astronaut. So, and that part of that is really considering how you define yourself and that there's no one job, especially for our kids who don't know what jobs even exist yet. They haven't been created. So from a career exploration perspective, and then we also talk about, hey, what skills do you need to do that kind of job over there? What skills do you need to do that? So it's fun conversations. The practical things, especially when it comes to first jobs, is to ask lots of questions, to get help 
because it's overwhelming. I mean, we find help from so many places for other aspects of our lives, but to work with career people, whether you're a teenager or a mid-career professional is totally worth it. So what do you put on a resume? What is important information to get that kind of assistance? And yeah, you can have a resume as young as 12. My son made a business card to get snow shoveling and landscaping business all on his own. I couldn't believe it. So to, to look at those and to have those kind of conversations, just very lightly sprinkled, like icing sugar, is, is a really great idea. And then to get them the help they need to navigate those more practical strategic pieces. That resonates so much with me about not what you, who you, what you want to be, what you want to do when you grow up. It's a very subtle shift, but that whole identity crisis that we see kids go through over the years at Calgary Career Counseling and Canada Career Counseling throughout the country, um, these kids come to the career psychologist and they're just so upset that they've chosen the wrong degree or they're working as an engineer and they hate it, but they did it because their parents pressured them or, or whatever. And it's such a part of their identity. Yeah. So they no longer feel like they have an identity apart from the career path they've chosen, which makes it really hard to pivot for them and can often lead to some mental health challenges as well if it goes unchecked. Yeah, and, and you're bang on. And I think this concept, it's a dated concept of you go to school, you get this job, and there you are the rest of your life. No, it, there's so many different things. And so think of yourself as a, as a group of skills and the things that you like to do, and then the work will find you versus a job title. Exactly. That is so well put. So thank you so much for being here on part one of this career health check for 2022. Lise, you've had so many wonderful tidbits and for both adults and young people alike. So thank you for your wisdom. And we look forward to having you on for part two, which will air in two weeks from now. So thank you very much, Lise. Thanks for having me, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us today on Where Work Meets Life. I'm passionate about sharing insights from experts around the world on topics at the intersection of where work meets life. If you found this podcast useful, please share with others who may benefit and engage with us on social media. For more articles, information, and tips, sign up for my monthly newsletter at my website, drlaura.live. This podcast summary contains links to the psychology practice I founded, Work Evolution, Canada Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology, as well as my current employer, Humans, a nationwide organizational psychology firm focusing on culture and performance. Stay well.